Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Think Orange Podcast. A podcast with ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. Here are your hosts, Dave Adamson and Ashley Bohens. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to the Think Orange Podcast, episode 69. My name is Dave. And once again, I am flying solo in the Think Orange bunker. But luckily, I've brought in my good friend and the original producer of this podcast, Mr. Kevin Jennings. And the crowd turns it off. (laughs) There's nobody here, though. If there was a crowd, they would be going wild for you right now, Kevin. Thanks, everybody. Hey, happy to be here, Dave, with you, buddy. (laughs) Um, Today, hey, man, today we have got an awesome episode coming up. You know, last week, um, Kevin, I don't know if you were listening last week. I I was here last week. (laughs) Oh, that's right. You were here. Uh, So last week, if you're listening, uh, you will know that we spoke with Steve Argue, Jared Hurd, Chuck Bomar, about what happens when the students who are under your care right now at your church leave and go to college. Well, today we're actually talking about... What happens while they're still in your church, while they're still under your care? And specifically, we're going to be talking about how you can help students find their voice. And you know what, Kevin? We brought in two superstars today to talk about this. Am I right? Indeed, we did. Yeah. So we have our our good friend, Sam Collier. So if you're familiar with Orange or this podcast, Sam has been a guest before talking about how we invite diverse voices to the table. Yeah. Uh, He leads the city strategy here at Orange and and really just uh, things about how we connect with metropolitan churches, multicultural churches with the Orange strategy. And we also have Tadashi. Tadashi is a very renowned hip hop recording artist, um, a speaker Mm. and a preacher as well. And and the reality is Tadashi was was part of Lecrae's record label for those who don't know Lecrae. He's like pretty much the biggest hip hop artist uh, out there. But when it comes to hip hop and, and Christian hip hop, but he's actually with Lecrae and been yeah. part of this entire movement pretty much the last decade and on the forefront of, of helping understand that hip-hop could be used to bring people to Christ and to evangelize the gospel. Yeah, and so these are two guys who know you know what it's like to search for your voice. Indeed. To, to find your voice because both of them have very clear, very strong, very powerful voices as well. I mean, Sam uh, is also the host of a syndicated show called A Greatest Story with Sam Collier and The Countdown with Sam Collier as well. He's also written a book. He authored this new book called Find Your Voice, Capturing the Power of Influence to Live a Greater Story. I mean, this is what Sam's all about, am I Indeed, right? it is. Yeah. And then Tadashi, I mean, he was born in Texas. I mean, he is a fantastic guy. So much wisdom. I mean, when he came into the bunker, Ashley and I actually interviewed him. When he came into the bunker, I mean, he wasn't just, I expe- I had this expectation. He's a Christian rapper. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I saw was a pastor. This was a guy who cares for young people. This is a guy who cares for students. I mean, he's got kids himself. And the wisdom that he shares in this episode, I mean, it's incredible. You are going to absolutely love this episode, which I don't know if you know this, Kevin, but this episode is brought to you by the Orange Tour. You've yes. been on Orange Tour a couple of times. Yeah. How much good? How much fun is the Orange Tour? You know, the last time we went on Orange Tour, it was with you. It was. Uh, so, 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 so we, we have we plenty of- We road tripped it. We, we had adventures together uh, <laughs> that, that I'll never forget. But it's, it's an incredible experience. And it's designed to bring a piece of the Orange Conference experience to you. Right? Fantastic. Because a lot of leaders, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a trek to come out to Atlanta and spend yeah. that much time. But can you get your volunteers or some of your other maybe bivocational staff yeah. in a room 
for a day. And the great thing is, it is a 17-city nationwide tour for the entire family ministry team, which means 17 cities, there's a pretty good chance we're going to end up somewhere near you. And that's a good thing because we know the momentum happens when everyone is moving together in the one direction. And that's what happens at the Orange Tour, when parents and small group leaders are working toward the common goals, when staff and volunteers are compelled by a common vision, when the church and the home are connected by a common strategy, that's when your church and your ministry can start to build momentum. Now, the Orange Tour 2018 will be an opportunity to reimagine the potential you can have as one voice. Ken, where do people go if they want to register for this incredible event? They go to orangetour.org. That's orangetour.org. You'll find all the information for your location near you right there, as well as um, the speakers that will be coming to that area. I like it. That was like, you just, because Tadashi's in, you just rapped. Did I? You did. www.orangetour.org. That's the location to get all the information. Oh, come on. Thanks. I didn't even know I did that. Gosh, we just put a beat behind that. Can you can you beatbox? I can beatbox, but I mean... Can I mean, you give us... Come on. But you've I mean, got to give but us... Not, but I can't rap and beatbox No, you just you, you just do the beatbox. Go. Okay. I think you should do that as we head in. So I'm going to just... I'm okay, just going to... Okay, cool, cool. But as we head into this interview... I'm sorry, beatbox while you, you're talking. Yeah, you do it as okay. I talk. So I'm going to throw it straight over right now to Sam Collier and to Dashi. This is the interview that Ash and I did for them. That is so good. Uh, so take it away, guys. Welcome to the Think Orange podcast. My name is Dave. I'm joined across the table by my normal co-host, Ashley Bowens. Ash, how are you? I am fantastic, Dave. Thank you. And we are joined in the Think Orange bunker by some special people today. We have Tadashi is in the house and Sam Collier is in the house. And we are also... I've been waiting for this podcast. So good, I'm so excited right now. And we are also welcoming a brand new audience, the A Greater Story audience. Welcome to... To the, welcome to the Think Orange Bunker. It's so great to have you guys here as well. Hey, guys, uh, I'm so thrilled to have you in the room. Uh, for those <clears> of <throat> us... I'm a girl. Uh, guys in Australia is just a collective <laughs> term. That's just all wanted it to is. clarify, Dave. It's just a collective term. <laughs> she, she's, no, she's no, no, no. I'm feisty. on her side. I'm on her side. She is Thank feisty you. today. <laughs> okay, so for those people who are uh, listening to the podcast and they don't know who either of you guys are, can I'm going to start with you, Sam. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. For sure. Well, one the first thing I'll say is Tadashi's a big deal. That's the first thing I'll say. Just, That's why I'm leaving him until last. I know, that's okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. He's a big deal. He's in the building, guys. <laughs> a legend is here. My name's Sam Collier, and I am the director of City Strategy here at Orange. Also have a, a greater story, the yep. podcast, the television show, and so many other things. So pretty much you're a big deal, too. Well... A big deal. I'm yes. not as big as Tadashi at no, all. No, no, no. no. Well, <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a fan of your podcast. It is absolutely. Wow. I love the way that you pull stories out uh, yeah. of, of people and help them connect yeah. their story to other people's stories as well, which and helps your listeners music. exactly. Yes. And, and we've had, Dave, we've had you on. Yeah, I have been on. I haven't and it was been incredible. Asked yet. Well, oh, you're, you. you're next. <laughs> <laughs> we've had Tadashi on too. I, I guess we. I Are you with me on that women one? Power. Too? I am, but he's going in rotation. Like, see, I'm going. had me. Yes. The, the point was, I'm going best for last. I'm going clockwise. That's that's what it is. And obviously, to my left, uh, which doesn't mean anything to anybody who's listening on podcast, 
<laughs> Tadashi, uh, for people who don't know yeah. you, they're listening to the Think Orange podcast for the first time. They don't know who you are. Tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself. So I am a, uh, a hip hop artist. I am a... He's um, a legend. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing music for, for years now, man, and I've had the opportunity to travel across the world, sharing the good news of Christ, as well as uh, just speaking into the issues that I think are important and mm. necessary to talk about with a particular audience that we have. That's awesome. Um, we live unashamed of the gospel, so mm. everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. So, you know, and then I'm just, I'm honored to be here, just to be able to share a little bit more of my heart and uh, hopefully encourage some people who are listening, man. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. And you and just recently had a new song release, right? I did. I did. I just gotta released live. a new single. Yep, called "Gotta Live." You uh, just, feature you just gotta it. Live. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Give us so. a little bit. Give us a little bit more. Sing give us a little bit more. Give You'll have to wait more. for it. You have to wait for it. All right, okay. you're just gonna. You're There's just, a moment. You're waiting yeah. for a moment. Listen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Warm up. That was amazing. <laughs> and for those of you listening, uh, I just want to call this out to Dasha. You smell incredible, man. Like wow. Hey, the only no, person seriously. at this table who can say that. The Australian actor. Yeah, no, he does <laughs> though. Like, That's and not it creepy not sound creepy at all. You at all. Well, we just had a fantastic co- off-camera yes. conversation yes. Yeah. about essential oils. Yeah. And I've literally just filled up my Amazon cart with them because you do. You smell them incredible. Thank it's, you, brother. It's Thank amazing. You, hey, it's an important thing. I feel like it you guys is. need to hug right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll hug We'll hug a little bit later on. Hey, uh, so we've got you in the bunker for a specific reason. And we want to talk today about what it means to find your voice because yeah. you know there's a lot of students particularly uh in in the world today who struggle to find their voice especially yeah. in a world that's saturated with social media and with that in mind i want to kick off with just a, a big question and we can sort of break it down from there how, yeah sam how do you help people find their voice what is the importance of finding your own voice well you know as i have been doing like it's different interviews about this topic the thing that i've landed on is Finding your voice essentially is finding your purpose. Mm. It's finding your unique direction, that unique deposit that God put on the inside of all of us Mm. before we were created that we're supposed to deliver to this world. And unfortunately, not all people find and deliver that unique deposit. I heard, um, I don't know if it was Bishop Jakes or Andy Stanley or whoever say that the graveyard is the wealthiest place in Mm. America. And mm. in our world, That's because good. there's so many books in the ground that yeah. should have came out, yeah. television shows that should that should have launched, yeah. businesses that That's should powerful. have been started. That's really good. And so, I often get those two mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> T.D. Jakes and Andy Stanley, and that, oh, yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah. so like... <laughs> it is. It's hard because they kind of look alike. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Walking they, down the street... <laughs> And their uh, styles sure. are so similar. And <laughs> that is, I mean, we won't even talk theology. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> But that is a great that yeah. is a great statement because a lot of us we I think in the world that we live in we chase position instead of chasing purpose. Woo, come on, preach, Dave. Would you agree? Social media pass. Tweet, <laughs> Tweet that out, everyone. Say that again. You said we chase what position? We chase position instead of chasing purpose. Yeah, I think we've been sold the idea in America and just in the world that success is what we're supposed to go after yeah. instead of significance, mm. to your point. And so I think Whew. we just end up chasing after what the world teaches us to chase until we are hopefully born again, renewed, all of the, all of these other things. And we go, you know what? Life isn't about success. It's about significance. It's about Whew. my unique deposit. Because, And at the end of the day, we know folks that have all the success in the world mm. that commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
because they haven't found significance, but yeah. they found success. Yeah. And so that, that's what I think. Imagine if we just live by that principle, right? Good, significance right? is greater than success. Woo. If that was the formula that we lived by, yeah. purpose is greater than position. Kabo. Gosh, this is good. <laughs> Tadashi, <laughs> when it comes to finding voice, how important is it? How do, how do we go about finding it? Yeah, I, uh, I just want to piggyback off of something Sam just said yeah. and the idea of people... They fight to find success instead of significance. Being a person who became a believer my freshman year in college, uh, I was going to a really small school in Texas called Baylor University. And it was it was there that I, I became a believer. Mm-hmm. But it was also there that I learned the difference between success and significance mm. because arriving success was all I thought about getting the highest GPA I could, finding the best career for my life. I was playing football and doing track. So I'm trying to be everything from an NFL player to an Olympic athlete. And all these aspirations of success were there. And then after becoming a believer, significance was what the Lord brought. When he, rem- when he not reminded, but when he first revealed that I am created in his image and in his likeness, mm. that I have been given something that's been deposited by that very truth within me that I can now find and fulfill this idea of significance in my yeah. life. There's, yeah. there's no, there's no shying away from that truth. Um, I said it to a friend the other day, because of that, because of being made in the image of God, because of intrinsically being given significance through that truth, then that type of idea of yourself, mm-hmm. the value, the purpose, the thing that God's deposited that you need to deliver to the world. Um, that's not just something you can stumble upon. It's not something that yeah. somebody can just um, give you when they feel like it. That's your birthright. Mm. That's what God has given Woo. you. And so I <laughs> I, I move away. Right. I want to help people find their birthright. This is who you really yeah. are and not sell it and give it away for a bowl of soup or the next best thing. But to really say, man, this is my birthright. This is who God made me to be. Mm. This is how I'm wired. This is what God has deposited in me. And I have been put here to deliver that to the world. Wow. What's the first step um, You know, somebody could take in towards finding their divine calling, to find who they are, who th- what their identity is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, once I think you get off the, the hills of understanding that you are significant, that God has given you that, I think the next thing is to figure out how to express that. Mm. And mm. one of the things that, that Sam says in the book um, that I, I text him, I wrote it, I said it, I was <laughs> like, man, I'm going to do this. I, I feel like I've done it in times past, but but kind of belittled it to an extent because in, in our culture, individualism is everything. Mm. And so I, I instantly started finding older men and older women and peers who could speak into my life mm. and start to help me see. Now, these are the things that we see about you that are super significant in God's eyes that that you should be giving to the world. Yep. Mm. And so getting the voice of others involved yeah. who are trusted and loving in your life. I want to come back to that individualism thing. Mm-hmm. But before we do, I just want to mention... You just mentioned a book uh, that you wrote the forward for. This is obviously Sam Collier's book, Find Your Voice, Capturing the Power of Influence to Live a Greater Story. (laughs) And you wrote wrote the forward for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about this later on and where people can get that. Um, I want to know how Sam convinced him to write the forward. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. actually, I would love to know that as well. And then I want to come back to this individualism comment that you made. How did you you convince him to do that? I just said, hey, man, here's a million dollars. Wow. Help me out here. <laughs> um, no, but you know, me and Tadashi, I, I, I've just recently, I guess, become much more 
of a distant cousin, if you will, to yeah, the Reach yeah. Records family, mm-hmm. just through the podcast, being able to interview some of their different artists. And I had Tadashi on the platform, and we just connected. I think the one the and I think you guys can attest. I, the podcast just for me has been such such, such a blessing because I've been able to meet people mm. that I've always wanted to meet, give them a platform, but then afterwards. I think the magic happens after we turn off the mic and mm. go, hey, what what's going on in your life? And yeah. so we've, I guess, just over the months and over the year have just tried to become brothers mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, man, I got this thing going on. He, he expressed to me even his desire of transitioning, mm-hmm. not away from rap, but just adding the more communicator yeah. thing to his to his uh, uh, resume, if you mm-hmm. will, he yeah. had, that he had a voice that he wanted to raise in a new way. I said, well, hey, man, if you, why don't you do the four? We can launch it through the Orange Network mm. and all of that. If, yeah. you know, I'll be honored. And so that's how it happened. That's right. (laughs) Hey, you mentioned something uh, earlier, Tadashi, about uh, individualism. Right. Are you saying that individualism in our society is an issue? Yes. I am saying individuality and individualism are two different things to me. Mm -hmm. Though they're akin, I think at the end of the day, individuality is something to be celebrated. The fact that you have been uniquely crafted in the image of God is a thing to celebrate. Individualism, I think, is an ideal position that people take based on their individuality that begins to exclude some and seclude themselves. And and that's, that's Mm. why I wanted to, to go back to Mm -hmm. it because I did, I wanted you, I was hoping you would make that difference because there is a big difference. We are individually made by God and that's something that's unique to us. But if we get caught in a a life cycle that where we seclude ourselves, right. Um, we run into a danger at that point, right? Right, right. And no, when, we read, when we read scripture, scripture often talks about things collectively. You look at the, the Hebrew society of the first century, it was very communal based. Yeah. There were individuals within that community. Mm-hmm. Even, even when Jesus teaches us to pray, what does he say? He starts off with one, the word, our, our yeah. father who yeah. art in heaven. Yeah. Like it's us. It's not about my father who is in heaven. Right. <laughs> Yet in, in the modern society, because of social media, because of, uh, you know, the culture tells us that we can achieve anything that we, but it's all about, you know, it's that saying, right? If you want something done well, you've got to do it do yourself. It yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But scripture would go against that and say, right. if you want something done well, do it together. <laughs> do it together. Yeah. And so, I heard that, that I, I picked up that that's probably where you're going. Yes. No, very much so. I, Sam's book, like the layers to it, the levels to which he wrote this to me was very impressive. But the, mm. but the point that, that sat with me the most, that really impacted me the most, was this idea of finding someone and talking to them to help you find your voice and develop that. Mm. I feel like that's more biblical than people realize. Yeah. Mm. Um, like you mentioned, um, the first century Hebrews, it's very clear in scripture that they were, were communal in mm. their living, that they were very connected in their efforts. Um, but even beyond that, looking at Christ, he said to the people, I only say that which my father has given me to say. Woo! It was, it was, it was Jesus's voice that came from the father, yeah. not something that he, you know, dug up within himself and decided to just yell out. And yeah. that was the difference for me. I've always been one to, um, speak before I think. Yeah. And, and so you'll see me even sitting here sometimes like my eyes are going cause I'm like, think, think, don't just say it. Think, <laughs> think, think. Um, but be- because I've always been passionate and I've always been, been one to just wear my heart on my sleeve and go for it. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm very protective of people, very loving toward people. And so I want to do what I think is best in the moment. But looking at Christ, you kind of go, oh no, there's a reality where he 
didn't say what he thought was best mm. on his own accord, but it was in communion with the Father. And he said what was given to wow. him. And even Jesus in that moment found his voice from his Father. And so I'm like, I can't deny that that's something for me personally that mm. I think a lot of people can relate to when it comes to this idea of individuality that they need to hear because mm. you dangerously can fall into, at least in our culture, fall into this picture of individualism and and it be celebrated so much that you, you miss all of the danger dangers that come with it. Right. Wow, that's awesome. So we have a lot of listeners who are children's pastors and youth <laughs> yeah. pastors. Yeah, and, yeah. and what role do they play in helping this generation? It's a great question. I mean, I think, I think he hit it on the head, Tadashi did, when he said, you know, he found some folks that could speak into him. I, one of the things I thought about as he was speaking was when I was around 21, I had a, a, a leader say to me, you just think you know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You just... You just think you know everything. And, and I heard that when I was 19, 17, and I, I, and I resented that for a long time because I'm like, no, I, I don't think I know everything. I'm just, I'm trying to be confident in who I am. I'm trying, mm. you know, I do think I know some things. I don't think I know everything. And what I discovered later on was that there was a sense that I thought I knew everything, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just younger. And what I realized to his point of the dangers and, you know, routing back to the youth passion and the children, the dangers of individuality, which the society teaches us, mm. is that you don't know what you don't know right. until you run into a brick wall. Mm. And so mm. that was my story. I was like, I thought I knew this and I did, and I, and I would pursue things. No, this is what I feel in my heart. And, I'm gonna, and then something happened and I said, I, I don't know as much as I thought I knew. I think I need to submit myself uh, to someone else that's been where I'm trying to go so they can say, I see where you're at, but here's a couple things you need to look out for. Here's a couple steps you need to take that will get you where you want to go. And they help me unpack it. So I think when we talk about children's pastors, youth pastors, uh, mentors, leaders, helping the next generation find their voice and find their way, I think it's critical because they don't know what they don't know. And if you don't step in, even when they're in the know-it-all phase and go, let me just put some information in your head that maybe you don't, that maybe you won't use right now, mm-hmm. but it's going to come up mm-hmm. when you need it. Mm-hmm. When you're in that dark space, you're going to remember what your youth pastor said, what your children's pastor said. You know what? I do, okay, I- I'm depressed right now. And I remember when he told me, okay, God loves me. Mm. God is for me. Okay. He, and it's in those moments right. that everything that you say um, or that you said that they did not already know is going to help even save their life, I think. Right. So find a person to invest in you. 100%. Will help our kids and students find mm-hmm. their voice. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to Dashi? Well, no, I, he killed it. <laughs> I, if I if I was forced to if you're if you're twisting my arm, okay. yeah. yeah 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 you got fine. a lot of good yeah. things to it's say fine, so. no I just would say in that I'm imagining the scenario of someone a youth in their in their church or in their community and a leader finds them and begins to invest in them help them to find their voice I've I've wrestled often with the I don't know with kind of the the tension between having you be a part of my thing and eventually sending you out to go do your thing. Mm. Um, and, and so I'm, I imagine a cafeteria where we've all found our voice, but we're just yelling at each other in the same room. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, at some point, this voice that I found, this gift deposited that needs to be delivered, 
um, has to be given out beyond the borders for which I come from. I love that. And so I, I'm motivated and, and encouraged because the guy who led me to the Lord was on campus that day sharing because his youth pastor sent him out mm-hmm. and said, all right, look, bro, you enough, enough of this around so us. Good. Yeah. He's like, go, go talk to somebody. And I was the first person he came up to. Uh, and I rejected the gospel, rejected him, was very kind of violent toward him actually. But <laughs> no, was, I was so upset, man. But then I left. Uh, and two weeks later, he boldly came back again because his youth pastor was like, no, go find somebody else. Or, or if you see him, talk to him. And he shared the gospel. And mm. I became a believer after that mm. second time. I and so that. I was like, no, don't. I love that, that, that they can help me as leaders find and develop my voice. But they're also going to be the ones to send me. Mm. Well, I think it begs the question, and then and I, and not take up any too Sam, much. Sam, this is our podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> he just you just it's ignited good. me. It's like it 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 begs us to ask the question: What are we in ministry for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Are, are we in it for our own personal gain and to fill our own secret holes of you know uh, uh, significance? Are we in it to feel significant, mm-hmm. or are we in it to help other people find their significance? Mm-hmm. And I think as we talk about this whole youth pastor thing and children's pastor, it's like, I think the only way you can really help somebody mm. find their voice is to is to let them be the hero yeah. mm. and to not try to fulfill your own personal insecurities yeah, yeah, yeah. in ministry, Yeah, which I think we see all the time. All right, I was going to say, so what you're saying is everybody needs to go to counseling <laughs> and figure out their yes. stuff. Yes. <laughs> Before you try Before, to help them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Well, I'd imagine also a lot of our listeners are saying, you know, well, I can't possibly mentor all the kids in my my ministry, wow. which means I need to multiply myself, which in walks the significance of a small group leader, right? Ooh, come on, Ashley. But, come but on. I would imagine some of them are saying, yes, I want them. I want the small group leaders to help our kids find their voices, but I can't get them to do that. How do I get them motivated to do that? Yeah. I mean, I think... I don't know who it is that said this, but I feel like I was in so many breakouts at Orange, just jumping in and out. And there were so many different people saying different things. But I think we underestimate the power of vision casting Mm. on a high level. Mm. Because I think one of the things I see happening around the country and around the world, when, when I'm sitting with different leaders that are having issues recruiting volunteers to come and actually commit for a long period of time, I'm going, what are you saying? Are you just saying, hey, come help us with some kids? Or are you saying you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to help shape the future mm-hmm. of the next generation? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what is the vision that you're giving? And so I, I would say if people aren't coming or committing, I think the issue is the power of the vision casting. Mm-hmm. You know, how much do you really believe in it? How, you know, how much do you really know? And how much are you investing in helping them understand the weight of what they could be a part of? That's good. And I'm on the other end of that. Yeah. From a leader perspective, sure. But then from an attendee or youth perspective, I, I think vision has to be cast to them. I think we've, we've dangerously not everywhere, but in, cer- in certain places, we've created storehouses mm. for souls. Mm. And, and, and the image for me is, is you go from this cafeteria setting where everybody's found their voice, but they're just kind of yelling in the same room, to eventually storehousing them in your thing that you've created. And then they end up becoming the stories in the graveyards, mm. that, mm. the unreached potential, because we've kept them away from whatever their voice could have achieved yeah. because we've just kept them stored up and whatever we created, because that's, that's a safety net 
in some regard, but then and at, same, at the same time, it's restrictive. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying cast vision to the youth. Like you're you're here for high school, bro, and you leave. Sis, you, you're, you're here while you're in college, but then you leave <laughs> and you're going to go be a voice and a light mm. to someone else the same way I've been. And that's kind of the picture that I, or the model I see Christ having totally. is, is I'm going to walk with you until you can walk. And then once you can walk, I'm out. I don't. I no longer need to do that. I can lovingly write letters back and go, man, I miss you. Can't wait to come see you. Hope yeah. the family's well. But but that that model is kind of like if discipleship is is visible and evident, the aspect of discipleship where the disciplers were writing letters back because they've released them is is hard found hard to be found for yeah. me in certain parts of the country. So I'm like, man, no, release them, wow. train them with vision to release them, send them out with their voice, and then let them loose on the world. I love what you said. That's actually like one of our, our main strategies mm-hmm. for small group leaders and the lead small principle. The fifth one is move them out. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I want to pick up on what you just said because I think it relates back to something that Sam said really quickly. You threw sure. in this Come idea on, of, 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 of make them the hero. You said make yeah. them the hero. We often don't send them out or, or it can be easy for us to not send them out because we're not making them the hero mm-hmm. because we in church world sometimes think the church is the hero Ooh. or we we say that Jesus is the hero which kind of makes sense mm-hmm. but Jesus is the destination the mm-hmm. church is the guide that helps mm-hmm. them get to where they need to be right mm-hmm. that's if if they're the hero of the story then our role as the the role of a student pastor the role of a small group leader is to be the Yoda to their Luke Skywalker right to steer them towards <laughs> the final destination which which should be Jesus and and I think that ties into something you know that whole bring people in to send them out idea yeah, that man. you talked about yeah. I so agree. We see that in Jesus, right? Yeah. He brought the 12 in, but then he sent them out. And, mm-hmm. and I, I have a people who have been longtime listeners of the podcast know that I believe that the disciples were probably 13, 14, 15 middle school years. Um, he brought them in for a while, but he sent them out because they, they had a mission and a purpose that yeah. he saw and he poured into them to build. He created a vision in them before sending them out. In my mind, that's the gospel. Yeah. Mm. That is the gospel. The gospel is freedom, right? Yeah. And we have to free students up to realize that they're free to have their own voice. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hear you guys saying. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of that. No, I mean, I think the essence of what you're saying is we, we've got to stop just creating more worship leaders and pastors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hang on, just, yeah. I just want to pause in that. that. <laughs> yeah, say that again. Okay. We, we've got to stop just creating worship leaders and pastors. Yeah. Why? Because it's, to Tadashi's point, it's self-serving. Mm. We build these institutions and these organizations and to some extent businesses, and mm. we go, let me just raise up new employees. Yeah, come on, As bro. opposed to let me launch people into their destiny. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I love and it. So love good. It. And, and I see it happen all the time, but, but it's, it's when we when – we, 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 we forget the main thing yeah. Yeah, and we right. make the main thing something else. Yeah. And I'm going, I love Louis Giglio when he talks about a passion, you know, who, where are the future skateboarders? Come on. You know, where are the future rappers? Where mm. are the business owners? Yeah. Where are the CEOs? Where yeah. are the politicians? Where, yeah. like, and I think that the church mm. has lost a large amount of influence yeah. because we've not launched people. We're supposed to be in, I don't want to use the word secular, but in society, 
being the lights. Yes. But we, we're keeping everybody in the church to serve ourselves. And so that's even, you know, to the book, that's what it's about. It's about launching people. Because we forget that 95% of the heroes of the Bible ha- were in secular work. Come on. Right? We forget that. Not many of them were priests. They were shepherds. They were, you know, they had these roles in the secular world, but we sometimes forget that because we're trying. They're measuring depth by amount of knowledge, which is why you want them to come yes. to your church instead of uh, application. Mm. I so agree. Uh-oh. I feel like he's I need... to, He's about to go off right come now. Come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. I know. Was the hand come movement? on, Dave. I think we just miss... I agree. I yeah. think we, we sometimes... We, we sometimes miss that we're building an empire instead of building a kingdom. No! Because, but, but that's what we're meant to be doing, right? And when, yeah, when you think of... Uh, so, you know, some people who have listened to this podcast have heard me say this before. When Jesus talks about us being light and salt... Uh, in the world, the, the idea of salt is in the first century, they would cook their food in clay pot ovens using dried manure as fuel. And they realized that if they put salt on the manure, there was a chemical reaction that happened that caused the fire to burn hotter and brighter for longer. Mm. And if Jesus said, and then Jesus says, but if salt loses its saltiness, it's no longer fit for the manure pile. That's what he was talking about. Mm. And the whole point of that is we as Christians need to be knee deep we're the salt. We need to be knee deep in the manure of the world mm. to cause God's word to burn hotter and brighter for longer. But if we're keeping kids in church and not giving them their voice because we want them to replicate our voice, Ooh. we miss the whole we miss the whole point of that story. Ooh. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, that's all. that's all that's all we're all like speechless we're like "Mm." right Mm. (laughs) this is such a good conversation the mic is on the stand but you should take it off and drop it (laughs) so i'm wondering you know in a culture where students and kids have platforms via social media and they're finding their in the process of finding their voice and i would imagine a lot of listeners are saying well we're giving them a voice you know in fact maybe they have too much of a voice Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) How do you navigate that? That's a great question. I say you shepherd that. Um, I think oftentimes I've, as a parent, I've been one to wrestle with the, with the, the temptation and the tension of um, shielding or shepherding. Mm. And, I, and I, I know that they, they can kind of, you know, blur the lines a little between the two. But I've just I've played the game of trying to shield him from so much that I found myself painting him into a corner where eventually the the brick wall is going to come to him. Mm. Like I, mm. whatever he's going to run into is going to eventually come close enough. And so I'm like, no, I, I, I can't shield you from this. I have to shepherd you through it. But that's mm. hard work. And that is not exciting work. And it is ugly and messy often. And so, you know, for my nephew who's 18 and has a Twitter account and I'm on there going, oh, that's, that's who you follow. That's all you follow. That's what you just liked. That's yeah. what you just saw. And so, you know, the the immediate caretaker in me is like, no. The the right. believer in me raises up and I'm like, come on, man, let me help you see. But in reality, that's that's the world that him and his peers have have like mm. like deeply dove into. Right. And so I can either walk and enter into that and shepherd it, or I can try to just continue to shield him from it at some point. Yeah. But for me, I'm I'm motivated to see how I can use that 
as a as a way for you to say, hey, anything that you have, anything. I teach my sons and my nephew, um, everything that feels good to you isn't always good for you. So and good. so anything that you've been given, like that you have in your hands as um, something to hold and, and have a part of your life that's been given to you in the idea that you can be responsible enough to have it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I use responsibility and what feels good and what is good as a way to enter into that mm. shepherding moment often. I think, I think there's something else you do, even though we've only known each other for a little, mm-hmm. little bit here. I've already seen it happen. I mean, to, to Ashley's question, you know, we live in a world where social media uh, almost kind of corrals us to be individuals yeah. mm-hmm. um, because it's our social media account it's our Twitter account it's mm-hmm. our and we post things about our life we call it a selfie yeah. so we all, almost we, <laughs> we've almost been raised in a culture where it is about us and, and our social media is about us but what did he do as soon as he came in as soon as we started this podcast he was already uh, Tadashi was already posting to his social media and calling all of us out giving all of us a shout yeah. out yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. if we can we can teach, and I think you're probably doing this without even realizing mm-hmm. it. You're being an example to your sons and your nephew yeah. of what it means to 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 gather people on social media yeah. by just being a good shepherd and a good yeah. steward of that yeah. by calling out other people, oh, not just good. talking about yourself. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even developmentally for our teenagers it's so important for them to understand the process of problem solving mm-hmm. and the process of, you know, working through something yeah. because that is, that's what's happening in their brains is mm-hmm. if we just tell them what to do, then they're not going to understand the process to think through on their own. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what's so brilliant about the way that you're ministering to mm. your nephew. Yeah. yeah. I, I got up one day and, and thought I'm when I was, when I was a kid, y'all, you just turn on Disney channel for him. And that's the cleanest thing on TV to watch. And then you guard them from the radio. And then you don't let them watch certain movies. And then certain friends you can keep away. And that's it. (laughs) And then eventually the internet showed up. And then through the internet came social media. And before long now, I don't don't have the the tools, the time, or even the know-how to really block you from everything. So I I can no longer play that game. Mm -hmm. And that's what I find often talking to parents now is they're trying to use outdated weapons Mm. in order to to fight a different war and i'm like no it's a different world now like your your child is 24 7 inundated with the internet Mm -hmm. with social media with information um it used to be you had to kind of be as as devious as possible to get a glimpse of something as a as a a teenager (laughs) teenage boy that you wasn't supposed to see i mean you had to you had to fight hard to find this yeah and and now it's it's two clicks away yeah and, and most of the time it's text to you. Yeah. And so you you realize, man, there's a different game that you're playing, um, but but they need shepherds. They need people who are going to lovingly engage their heart, not just their behavior, and find a way to really bring out the truth of why they're here. And it goes yeah. back to the book of, mm-hmm. man, this there's a purpose that God has given you. There's a, a significance that's being wasted on foolishness when you've been giving something way more important, way more valuable than you realize. As, as he was talking and as you guys were talking, I mean, just I'm overwhelmed with gratitude that I'm on this podcast and with you guys. I think for me, even, you know, to everybody's point, the number one, I guess, thing that kept popping in my head is I, I think it's hard to raise a champion. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to raise champions. Mm-hmm. And it's and it gets more difficult the more um how do I say the bigger the voice that the student has? Mm. 
And so one of the things that I, the movie that I love is, I don't, it's not X-Men origin, but it's, it's related to that. It's about the beginnings of X-Men. Yeah. And I love it because what we see is Professor X and then to, to folks that aren't X-Men fans. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, this is a superhero movie. <laughs> And they're heroes and they're mutants that become heroes. But within it, what you see is you see these young people with all of this talent and all of these powers that are unharnessed. Mm. And they're shooting everything. And I don't know if his name is Cyclops. He he doesn't know how to control his eyes. And so he's, he's... Burning stuff he shouldn't be burning. Yeah. There's people, and they're they're all over the place. And what I love about Professor X is that he has committed himself to the hard work of helping somebody extremely talented harness the powers that yeah. if they go in another direction, they could kill everything. Yeah. But if you harness it the right way, they could save the world. Mm. And I think we're experiencing that in our youth groups. And I think the issue when we talk about finding your voice and raising champion is that we're not ready to do the hard work. As we talk about the shepherding yeah, piece, yeah. it's like to shepherd, you have to be present. Yeah, man. You have to be patient. You have to be strong. You have to be unoffendable. <laughs> you have to be secure mm. and you have to be willing to continuously. Okay. Let, let me take a break. Who that was a lot. I'm jumping right back in the yeah, game. Man. Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as they go to sleep, they wake up the next day and there's, and there's another issue, especially the smarter they are. Yeah. Are you willing to have a hundred conversations around the same thing? You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Until their mind molds to a place where they can understand the concept That's that good. you're having. So that's really good. There's so much in there that I would love to unpack know, just right? around the shepherding shielding piece. You know, when when I think shepherd and shielding, when you said that, man, oh gosh, I, the first thing I thought of was the the way that we uh, define shepherds in in our Western culture mm-hmm. is well, we put the sheep in a big paddock with knee high alfalfa grass as far as the eye can see, and we put a fence around them. <laughs> That's shielding. First century shepherds led the sheep from mouthful to mouth, rock to rock, Mm -hmm. tuft of grass to tuft of grass. Mm -hmm. To your point, Sam, it was an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. It required commitment. I couldn't just put them in a pan and then sit in a hammock with my feet up. Mm -hmm. Um, It was an ongoing process of constantly leading them from mouthful to mouthful. Isn't that what depending on God is all about? Mm -hmm. That's what shepherding is all about. We want to shield our kids from social media. Take the phones off them, put curfew. And I think there's practical things that we can do that we should do around that. But more than that, we need to teach them to use these tools responsibly. Love that. Yeah. So what's the danger in, in us as church leaders not helping the next generation find their voice? I'm, I'm looking at you two for this. Okay. <laughs> I think, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted you to do the forward. Right. Wasn't just because you were famous. <laughs> but it really was because I grew up watching Reach Records explode. Yeah. And watching you guys go from church to church mm-hmm. to church. From white, from black churches mm-hmm. to white churches, from conferences to con- and how many years has it been? Twenty years, fifteen, uh, fifteen almost, yeah, fifteen years yeah. of helping the next generation find their voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years, yeah, man. And you and you guys are still doing it, yeah. I guess I'm teeing it up. What out of all of the years that you've you know that you've done this, everything you've seen from continent to continent, mm-hmm. um, 
What's your answer to that question? Yeah, yeah. So bird's eye view, I, I am in full agreement. I think God has created us uniquely, individually, in his image and in his likeness with a particular thing or a set of things that God has decided to deposit that we're to, to deliver to the world. Um, and what I've been able to notice more often than not is when that thing mm. is not um, nurtured, when it's not shepherded, when it's not um, discipled, when it's not allowed to be expressed and flourish, then that person has to find something else mm. to fill the void of what they were designed to do. Mm. And and mm. What, what ends up happening is they either turn away or they stay, but they're stifled and, and they don't fully thrive the way that they could. And so I've seen people set up shop somewhere else and leave the faith or leave the family or mm -hmm. say, I'm about something else now, not about what I'm doing, not about what you're doing, but about what I'm doing, whatever that is. And that's everything from what you might call church hurt to, to people who are just confused on what Christianity really is. Mm -hmm. And you have others who stay because they're afraid to, to fail other people or fail God and whatever they think his standard is. But because of the lack of development, because of the lack of the voice, there is no ability to fully flesh out who God's made you to be. And I see people falling short of the very things that God's designed them for. And you go back to the gra graveyard example. I think there are tons of people who I know. I've had friends who I play football with in high school and in college, people who I knew from um, growing up um, on the block. Like they, they have thrown away the potential in, in certain moments and, and some of them by God's grace in a jail cell or in, in the most indigent place possible found it. Um, and there are others who have been privileged to the point to where they've had the ability to kind of just coast off the heels or coattails of whatever someone else's faith is. Mm -hmm. And we're losing them ultimately to the mm. graveyard mm. because they're going to die not fulfilling the very thing God's given them. And so I, I'm praying, I, I, I'm grateful for every youth leader that I've had the chance to engage and meet because the majority of them have been people who love their youth, love their kids and want to see them f flourish. But oftentimes flourishing is with a limited scope of vision that's been communicated to the leader and to the child or the youth. And you end up kind of just seeing people float in the same cycle. Mm -hmm. And so I went to one church and a guy said, man, I'm, I'm excited you're back. I, I'm on staff now. Oh, that's what's up. What do you do? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm like a junior youth pastor and I'm serving under my youth pastor. Well, what is he going to do? Are you taking over one day? No, he's not going anywhere. I just want to work with him. Mm. And, and I'm like, man, that's a great thing to, to, that's a noble thing. Um, and at the same time, I, I wonder how much of that is his voice in your head and not God's purpose in your heart. Mm. And I'm going, <laughs> if only, if only there was someone to say, you don't have to do what I do. And so I'd say that I'm like, my boys, I'm like, you don't have to rap. You don't have to go into ministry. I want you to live for the Lord, but you don't have to do these things in order to feel like you finally fulfilled some purpose. That's good. Um, and so I think if we don't step in and do those things, we will lose, not them, we'll lose what God has designed them for. Mm. That's really good. Hey Sam, in the uh, I want to talk about the um, subtitle of this book, capturing yeah. the power of influence to live a greater story. I want 
I specifically want to ask, what do you mean by influence? Influence is a word that gets thrown around a lot in, in our world today. You know, we, we have on social media influences. What does it mean to capture the power of influence in order to live a greater story? Man, I, um, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm overwhelmed from Tadashi's answer. And <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things that I want to say. I'm just like, <laughs> um, but I think it's the perfect segue from, his, from, from what he's saying to talk about influence because I think what he's saying when we talk about the youth pastor analogy, how much of that is God's influence on you mm-hmm. or your leader's influence on you? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when we break this whole thing down, what I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to get very practical about how people or how students lose their voice mm-hmm. and how students actually find it. Because what, one of the things that I found, and I'm, I'm getting to influence for sure, is that I've heard conversations like this. Now, this one is definitely a different one today. I just want to say that. But I think anywhere <laughs> I've gone, I mean, you, I hear conversations about, you know, the next generation has things in them that they need to get out. And this needs to happen. And this needs to happen. And this needs to happen. But I've never heard a conversation or not many conversations that talks about, well, what is actually happening underneath that mm. that's causing it? And what it is, is it's the, it's the power of influence. Mm-hmm. It's influence. It's influence that's either helping to launch them or it's influence that's destroying them. And so just to, to Dashi's point again, in a very simplistic way, it's are you under a leader that's wired to launch or are you under a leader that is wired to collect? Mm. And I think it's coming from the perspective of not the leader, but more of whoever is trying to find their voice. And it's saying, hey, avoid these pitfalls. Yeah. Avoid these pitfalls. Find a leader that is going to help launch you. Submit yourself to someone that's going to help guide you in the right direction. Yeah. Gather or, 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 or create a circle around you of friends that are going to help celebrate you and take you the right way so that you can actually find your voice. And, and I say all that because to, if we go to scripture for just a second, when, when Ashley asked the question about what's at stake? If people don't find their voice, if the next generation of final, obviously X Men popped in my head again, mm-hmm. <laughs> as it should, right? Yeah, and and it, and what popped in my head was that it, you know in X Men there's always uh, these themes, and somebody's gonna watch X Men tonight. They're like, okay, I gotta watch this. Yeah. this podcast is about. Um, there's always these themes of these these mutants. Like there's a good side and then there's a bad side. Yeah, and. What's interesting is that sometimes you see the mutants jump from the good side to the bad side Mm -hmm. or the bad bad side to the good side. And so the concept that I notice in that that I see that's very clear is that all of them are chasing after significance. They all want to be known for doing something. They all want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. The question is, is how are you channeling that desire? How are you channeling your, your capacity? How are you channeling what God already put inside of you? Yeah, that's good. And what I see in the book of Genesis, and you know, I, um, I walk lightly when I'm sitting amongst a theologian, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> and middle school pastors and, and world influencers. I walk lightly when I talk theological for a second. But when I think about it, I think about Genesis and our origin story that God created us in his image and mm. all these things and Adam, and then he gives them, puts inside of him this desire to work. Mm. 
Like go and work, go and till the ground, go and take dominion. Mm. And and so for me, I think that's in all of us. We all have been have been wired to do something. Yeah. And we're gonna get that out one way or another. Yeah. The question is, is what direction we're going in. Love it. And I think the direction is set by influence. Yeah. So who's influencing you and where's that influence taking you? Yeah, that's really good. Hey, we before we wrap this up, there's a, there's two more questions that I have for you. Um, and one of them is around where we can get your book. But the question before that is, we've talked a lot about uh, voice. We've talked a lot about uh, influence. We've talked a lot about togetherness and gathering people and being not just an individual, but not being individualistic either, that we're part of a community. And I would love for you guys to help me out with something. I would love to know, because we're all family now. We're all mm-hmm. together. Yeah, yeah. And I want you to help me <clears throat> as a brother what music should I be listening to what what is on your playlist right now now Sam I know you're going to say Tadashi so I'm just looking okay. this way it's on my playlist for real so so what should we be listening to what what's on if I was to pull up your phones right now and see the playlist on your phone what's the song that I'm going to see is on the most highest rotation you you think I may just be saying this <laughs> I, I promise you I'm not uh, there's a worship band out of Texas. They're really good friends, uh, Shane and Shane. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of them. Um, they're, most of their music is at the top of my rotation. Mm. Shane um, and Shane. Shane and Shane. They're, they're just great people, but <laughs> they have the best harmony I've ever heard in my life. Mm. <laughs> Aside from maybe someone singing in a symphony. Uh, or, I mean, uh, Well, you opera. obviously haven't listened uh, to Ash and I sing oh, on the podcast oh, I apologize. Yeah, I yeah. apologize. So, no, that's okay. Listen. It's a little bit awkward now. I apologize. <laughs> Shane that's and Shane. Shane and Shane's at the top of the list. Favorite then, song from Shane and Shane? And, um, Psalm 145. That's the little name Do you know that song. one, Ash? I don't. I don't. How does that one go? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> How does it go? Can you sing us a line? Um, no, I just have the words memorized because... Every before every show, can you sing us a line? <laughs> right, right, right. Before every show, I listen to the song and read Psalm one forty five. Oh, that's cool. Um, because the part of the song that, that resonates with me is the idea of that uh, one generation will declare to the next His glory, and I I, I want to be able to go do that to them. It's a part of me, even in my concerts, wanting to send them. So I love that. Anyway, I'd, yeah, but I wouldn't. I I struggle to remember the lyrics right now. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> Sam. So there's this artist. His name's Kevin Ross. I don't know if anybody's heard of him. Signed to Motown. <laughs> yeah. And oh, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin, Kevin. He's a beast. He's, he's incredible. Oh, yeah. And he has a song with Lecrae yeah, yeah. called Look Up. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's fire. Can you tell me how that one goes? I can't tell you. I, I, I don't know. I can't. You I can't. can't sing it? <laughs> no, it's real slow. It's like, doom, doom, ba doom, doom. The doom doom, and then Lecrae's like words? something 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 something. I, I don't know. <laughs> then Lecrae is like something 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 something. We got. He, like, oh, I thought I feel like like a, we got money to uh, go to war, but we ain't feeding the poor. That's the line I remember the most. That's like that new Kanye song. Scoop a dee doop. Scoop a dee poop. How does what? Scoop a dee. Kanye Kanye West has a new song. Uh-huh. Have you heard song? He's no, you all need to sing anything. it for me. All right, it goes. It comes in. It's like. Batman. Yes. Like I'm thinking, is that what you're doing? It's music for like a solid minute and thirty yeah, it's seconds. It's a great sample. He sample uh, that sample's amazing. It's like doom doom doom, and you're like, okay, he's getting ready to come in. It's like big, and then he's like, scoopity poop. Okay, you do it to that. It's it's called "Lift Yourself," the song. Okay, uh, but there is a sample that goes long, and then it comes in, and he's and he lit the beat drops, 
away and it's just a kick drum and a snare and some other stuff. And he literally starts saying, Scoop-a-dee-doop. Scoop-a-dee-poop-a-dee-doop. Scoop-a-dee-doop. Whoop-a-dee, scoop-a-dee-doop. No lie. That's literally the what whole he's doing. song. At least for one, at least for um, eight to 10, 12 bars of a, of a verse. That's what he's doing. And then the song goes off. And then it ends. No lyrics. <laughs> million dollars right there. That was it. I, I, want, I want to oh, know no, how no, no, he wrote it. I could have a record. That's Let's his let me, number one song right now. Unbelievable. It I want to know what the writing process was like. Just him sitting down going, scoopity doop. Poopity doop. Me and Bucks right there. Like, and he's <laughs> unbelievable. That Ash, gives me Ash, hope I wanna, for my future I want to ask you as well, what's the highest song on your rotation? Mm-mm. Come on, Ash. Come on, Ash. You were ready for this. Come on. You're ready for this. I can't I can't sing it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because. Is it vulgar? Yeah. Look, <laughs> <laughs> Look, as a student pastor, you have to stay relevant. You have to know what your kids are listening to. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is good advice. Seriously, keep, keep going with you this. You have to know what your kids are listening to yeah. so that you can preach effectively. And one of the orange principles is, what you're is it? You're um, put it on orange. Oh, I am Lord. putting it on orange. It's communicating with a relevant message. Mm. <laughs> it is. I'm just thinking about the song I'm thinking about. And so you got to know like, what they're listening to. Right now yes, I song. agree. So as you build your sermons and you get into the application, you go, hey, I know y'all listen to this Migos. <laughs> and, some, and, and the song Ashley's listening to, which is... What's, what's the artist? Who's the artist, I love Ash? country music. I, I, think it's, I think it's from The Greatest Showman. It's Mitchell Tenpenny. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So just look that up <laughs> if you're listening. If you're look, if you're yes. uh, listening, yes. just look that one up. Yes, let, me, it is. let me see the just song. Just look that one up. It's um, this is really good medium right now for podcasts because they're all showing each other yeah. their playlists. It's really good. Um, uh, so it's for me. I love Texas artists in general, like Shane and Shane. But then randomly, right after Shane and Shane on my list is Erica Badu. Come um, on. And then right after that is UGK. So there's tons of different artists, I but Shane and Shane's just at the top. Time. Come on, you know it. You know it. No, no, no. My favorite one is uh, I need a rim shot. Hey, a diggy diggy, a rim shot. Hey, hey I didn't know you come could sing. on. I need. <laughs> I don't. I can't. Are you serious? I can't. He can yeah, he can no. sing. You are singing on one of your records. You are singing on one of your. Songs. I do sing on one of my songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even on so. on the new song, I, like listening to that, you're not just. He's not just it's rapping. Kind of he's singing. Melodic he's rap. Singing. Yeah, it's yeah, melodic yeah. rap. Yes, yeah, you can. Sure, sure. Yes, you we can. can all oh, sing. we know you can sing, brother. Don't, and everybody sure. knows we I know can the catalog. Sing. It's a, well, yeah, it's a bunker full yeah, of sure. singers. We know, we know, everybody knows Ashley. We know can the sing. resume, though. Don't act like well, we don't no, know. No, you can't no, sing, no, brother. I just, you know, I'm, I'm in ministry now. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. I, uh, hey, know, man. I'm giving I, it all to God. I'm not gonna lie. There's <laughs> a part of me that wants you to just right now, because you're facing each other, just have a rap battle or something. I want to just see this go down. Rap battle. But they're not gonna look. Yeah. See, look. I am so not a youth. It's like you got served. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a rap battle. Totally. Just by what battle. you just said. Hey, uh, just before we go, guys, Sam, where can we pick up a copy of Find Your Voice? They can get it in the Orange Store. Yep. Or on Amazon.com. Perfect. And Tadashi, where can we pick up your music? Hopefully they can get it in the Orange Store. Yep. <laughs> We're working on that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, I mean, um, <laughs> Uh, but everywhere, man, you can go to uh, Lifeway. Yep. If you're like in the store shopping, it should be a Lifeway. But then also you can go to any streaming site, Apple Music, Spotify, um, Google Play, awesome. Tidal, 
Amazon Music. Um, am I forgetting any at all? No. Pretty much um, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, Google everywhere. Play? Google Play? Google Play. Yeah. Basically yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you're, if you're just, you know, a, a parent and you don't really listen to hip hop a lot, uh, just YouTube it yeah. and, then, and then figure it out. Yeah, so. that's where I saw your stuff on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I would encourage all parents to be listening to, like, because this is what kids are listening to these yeah. days, number one yeah. genre in America. Yeah. Um, and what better person to have influence in your kids than Tadashi? Yeah, no, Go and pick up Thank a copy you, of the book because what better person to be influencing your thinking than Sam Collier. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for being in the bunker. It has been awesome to have you in here. Um, uh, Yeah, thank you so much. It's been been great. Thank you all. Thank you. Well, Kev, was I right or was I right? What an incredible interview with those two fantastic men. That's why we didn't have a clip this week. We said we have to air this episode in its entirety. entirety. Love it. No edits. Now, there was one thing that was said, man, and this idea, and I wrote wrote down a page full of notes. You can see, well, it's not a page, it's an iPad notebook full of notes. But man, that, that idea of significance is greater than success. It's such a simple statement. Significance is greater than success. But how often do our students crave success more than significance? Because that that's the culture that we grew up in. I mean, absolutely. I mean, when, when you're when you are a student, you're going into college, especially, you feel this pressure to be successful, to even show your parents that you're grateful. Yeah. Right. You. I mean, like, even though your parents want to make a difference in the world, you know, you getting a job, getting good grades in college is about how you measure success. And when I was even doing research in preparation for this episode, I was yeah. looking at what like psychologists have to say about this, and it kind of broke down into two different categories: this idea of identity, yeah, which can be defined as the cognitive recognition of who you are. Yeah. So like so self awareness, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it comes down to agency. The the belief in the awareness that you can mm. control your own behaviors, attitudes, feelings, and make a difference. Yeah. And I believe that when you think about voice, it's it's the idea of saying, if I don't know who I am, yeah. and then I don't even know that I can make a difference. Yeah. Then I don't have my voice yet. Totally. So for me, that was really inspiring to say, hey, you know, we're helping our students mm. think about their their identity and to discover their own sense of agency, their, their, their ability to actually use their, their being creating God's image to make an impact on the world. Love that. And that that is exactly what Tadashi's point was when he said, we have a responsibility as church leaders to shepherd these students, not shield these students, Ooh, that whole God thing, man, as I, a parent? yes, oh. gosh, how often do we try to shield them instead of shepherd them? You do that all the time. Oh, I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying like, my daughter's only two years old, but I, and, and I know two year, two year olds are, are crazy. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll lick a socket if you let them, but, but the reality is like, that's, I feel this pressure to shield her. And I'm like, but she's never mm. going to grow. She, like, she has to fall on how to walk. Exactly. And, I, and, I, and I try to protect her from everything. I'm the worst. And, and dude, like speaking as somebody who's on the opposite end of that spectrum, because uh, my kids are 14, 15, and 17, I can see now where they haven't grown in the areas that I shielded them in, mm. but they have in the areas that we shepherded them. And now we're trying to catch up in those shielded, you know, those, those oh, moments so where we true. shielded them. We're trying to shepherd them real quick now because i got a, a 17 year old, i got a senior and we're trying to go, okay, we shielded you from this, but now's the time we have to play catch up to shepherd. I'm like, Tadashi, why didn't you tell me that? 15 years ago. Man, that, that's so convicting, bro. <laughs> I mean, that, like, that's just so convicting to me because I didn't think about my, my own life in the areas that I feel stronger in, you know, and I mean, in the, in the areas where I, I definitely have weaknesses are areas where, and I get it, we shield in the areas where we, where we have the most pain. Yeah. And so we want to protect the students in our ministries, our, our own children, our, our spouses, whoever, people we love from mm. the areas where we have pain. 
But we, but but we, but that pain helped us become who we are. Exactly. That's why this was such a powerful episode. Um, I really hope that you guys got a lot out of it. If you did, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Kevin talked last week about how significant and important that is as far as the algorithms go. We would love if you could take just a minute to do that. Um, we would be so grateful. Also, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And how important are the show notes, Kevin, to this episode specifically? Well, here's the reality. We actually do the hard work of making sure you get to just enjoy this episode in your car without trying to write anything down, work out wherever you are. And we actually provide a summary of the show. So key takeaways, resources or books that might be mentioned, like Sam's book. Yeah. Um, even conversation starters for your team. So you can start talking about, well, how do we better shepherd our students in this season to find their voices. Yeah. We have questions to help you get started with that conversation amongst your team. And that's all at thinkorangepodcast.com. Thinkorangepodcast.com. Make sure you check those out. And please share this podcast with a friend. Share the thinkorangepodcast.com uh, website with a friend. And let's all start working on all of this stuff together because it's so significant to the future of our kids and our students. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And as always, whenever you think next generation, think orange. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Think Orange podcast. Join us next time for more ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. For more episodes and show notes, visit thinkorangepodcast.com. 